This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we look back at some nail biters in lacrosse and softball. Plus, the outdoor track and field season is underway, and Bates Baseball picked up two NESCAC wins at Colby. Oh, and it's also finals week. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's lacrosse team lost a 14-13 heartbreaker to Bowdoin on Wednesday, with the Polar Bears scoring the game-winning goal with just 1.4 seconds remaining in regulation. But the Bobcats bounced back Saturday, rallying from three goals down to force overtime against Connecticut College. Then the extra period, junior Andrew Small clinched the Bobcats' eighth straight overtime victory. Small on the face dodge, scores! Andrew Small, the junior mini out of Illinois, wins it for his team on senior day. Not only did Small score the game winner in his first collegiate start, the junior had a team-high four goals against Bowdoin earlier in the week, including two game-tying goals in the fourth quarter, earning him our male Bobcat of the Week honors. And Small joined the Bobcast to break down his game-winning goal and the season so far. Uh, kind of just set up where we had the ball working the, on the far side with Lestava. Uh, everyone was kind of looking at him. He had a, he had a big day. And then I uh, kind of worked away. They, they're notorious for playing a zone. So they had the, the shorties up on the top of the zone. So that was our, that was our goal the whole, the whole game was to attack the shorties and then kind of just got the ball and tried to make something happen. Glad it went in. First career start, is that correct? Yep, yep, first start. Uh, I think after Wednesday, I got more and more confident, and, and uh, Coach saw that and, and gave me an opportunity. So great, grateful for it. Career-high four goals Wednesday against Bowdoin. What was opening up for you? Uh, same sort of thing. Just uh, I've always been confident in, in my ability and kind of just getting out there and being able to be more comfortable and have the ball on my stick and kind of just – just take the shots, and, and they, they were falling, so it was a good feeling. Obviously, this year, a bigger role for you, but last season, you, you played a, mm-hmm. a number of the games, obviously. What did you learn from some of the midfielders last year, like Kyle Weber, who graduated? So, a lot of those guys, those are great guys, and they had a they had a great work ethic uh, on and off the field, whether or not you were the, the number one guy, or whether or not you were number 10 on the depth chart. It was everyone kind of prepared and, and kind of uh, went into it the same way, so it was great to learn from those guys, uh, like, what you need to really be able to succeed in the league. Well, take us back here from Illinois. So how did uh, Bates get on your radar? How did you end up deciding to come here? So I actually, I grew up in South Florida, actually, for most of my childhood where I started playing lacrosse and then moved to Illinois when I was a freshman in high school. So I'd always known that I wanted to play lacrosse and that that realistically the East Coast is going to be the place to do it. So I did a lot of the camps. I did the CBB, which is the Colby Bates voting camp. Uh, I did New England Top 150, so a lot of those camps where I got to see some of the assistant coaches, and then eventually Coach Lasagna as a way to kind of kind of get after it. I, surprisingly, I actually did really like Bowden, and that's and that uh, then from getting to Bowden, the, one of the Bowden assistant coaches was my coach for one of the tournaments. So then I saw I knew what Bowden was, and then from Bowden I knew Colby and Bates. So then it's it's always nice to 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 play them and then see see how it all worked out. 
So what made Bates the place for you? Uh, I really loved Coach Lasagna. Uh, Coach Lasagna was a person that it wasn't all about lacrosse. It was about the person and because lacrosse, there's no major, there's major league lacrosse, but it's not not as big. So it's lacrosse is going to end one day, and it was more about the kind of person you're going to be and the kind of person you are than just playing. And playing was a way to still have fun and something I've been doing my whole life that uh, I didn't want to stop, but I knew that there were that Bates was a place that I could do everything. After the heartbreaker against Bowdoin, what was the team's mentality? What was practice like those couple days before the con game? So we've had a lot of those games this year, and, and just in the NESCAC in general, there's always going to be one-goal games and always going to be close games like that, and sometimes you just don't get, you're not on the right side of whether or not you think you deserved it or not. But uh, we, we've been in those games before, and we'll, we will continue to be in those games coming forward, and everyone knows that, so it's kind of the thing where, like you did your best, like you tried. Like the score was what it was, but it's time to move on. The, the league is just too competitive to be able to to think about one game and and keep it kind of haunting your your memories. You got to just move on and kind of start fresh. So that was really the the mindset we all took to it, and and it showed on Saturday. Now, this is finals week, and I saw you're working on a project here. Tell us about this project with the Roman Temple. Yeah, so one of my classes, it's called Blood, Birds, and Belief. It's all about ancient Roman religion. It's kind of just a, it was my first kind of class like that, and the teacher's a really great guy and heard really great things about him. So uh, me and a couple of the guys on the team are actually in it, so you have to you have to build a, reconstruct a temple and kind of use the temple and, like, the, the architecture to kind of as evidence. So it's interesting. It's something different. Space. It's, it's it's you can never know what you're gonna take or do. For sure. What else do you have in finals week? Uh, I have a, a few more tests. I have an econ test and then a uh, and then a, another test for death in the afterlife. Another class. So it's a busy week, but more towards the end. So plenty of time to get it all done. And then of course, tough looming for next week, the break week for uh, most students, not for the lacrosse team, and so uh, that must be in the back of your mind a little bit, right? Yeah, oh, it's always, you're already excited about it, you're always looking forward to it, it's, it's a, uh, keeps your mind off of finals when you need it, when you need a well-deserved break, but uh, that's, that's been a good game, a game that you circle every, every year, and, and we've had some, a lot of success with them the last couple of years, so we, we look forward to keep, keeping that going, keeping the roll, keeping it rolling, and, and playing our best, and we have them here, so it'll be nice to be on be on Gar Salon and not have to worry about traveling. So we're excited. It should be a lot of fun. All right, Andrew Small, Mel Bob Cat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The softball team made headlines by defeating perennial power Tufts one nothing on Saturday. Sophomore Kirsten Pelletier tossed a complete game shutout in the win. Overall, Pelletier posted a 1.75 ERA over the course of four games last week. She also went four for eight at the plate. The Bobcats are 11 and eight on the season. And Kirsten Pelletier is our female Bobcat of the Week. Um, I mean, we've played a lot of really close games this season, and they haven't really fallen in our favor. So um, beating Tufts um, and having that close game finally fall in our favor was a great feeling, and I think it was well-deserved for our team. We really, we really worked for it, and we deserved it. Right, because all those Trinity games were really close, too. And mm -hmm. so do you feel the team has more confidence now after showing you can you know, get one of those victories with one-run games? Yeah, I really think that um, this game made us believe in ourselves even more. Um, I mean, we had to believe in ourselves in order to win this game. But um, before we went into it, Coach made uh, told us that, like, in order to win these close games, like, we really have to believe in every pitch and every at-bat that we're taking and um, because you guys are capable of winning these games. And I think um, going into Sunday after she said that on Saturday, that really um, rang true to us, and we really did believe. Well, you faced them twice on Saturday and then again on Sunday. So what adjustments, if any, did you make 
overnight for Sunday's <laughs> game? Anything? Um, I think I really worked on my changeup and really hit my changeup um, in situations where we really needed it. That's key, obviously, uh, making sure they can't just sit on a fastball. Yeah, keeping them off balance was definitely something that we needed to do. Um, they're a strong hitting team. Now Saturday, obviously, you started the first game a one nothing tough, you know, uh, narrow loss. Then you you started the second game also. That's not typically something you do. So what was that experience like? Starting back to back games on the same day. I mean, I've never done that in my Bates career, mm -hmm. but um, going back to like summer ball season, I mean, that's something I would throw two or three games in a day. So it's nothing new. But when Coach looked at me, I was like, "You're getting the ball back." I'm like. Okay, like, here we go. I got this. <laughs> so this wasn't planned going in, like, you found out about this between games. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So what was the mentality like trying to transition like that? I think I was throwing good stuff Saturday morning in the first game, and I just knew I had to keep that going. I had to keep getting hitters off balance. I really had to hit my pitches early in the count, so we started ahead. Let's start Let's talk about your hitting. <laughs> uh, you're hitting you know, hitting the nine spot there, uh, but you've been – you mentioned last year, I think the first time I interviewed you, that hitting was the biggest transition to college. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the hitting's really come together for you. So what's working up there at the plate? Um, I think it's just the mental game. I finally um, figured out that like I am capable of hitting and having a little bit more confidence in myself um, up, at, up at bat has been um, crucial to my hitting. And how much do you – I mean, you got to work on pitching, obviously, a lot in practice. So how much hitting are you doing? About the same amount. I mean, I stay after and take reps or go before, or um, our assistant coach works over at Ingersoll, and we call it Softball Academy, and we she'll be like, if anyone wants to come for Softball Academy, like, come on over. So I'll go over there and take a few reps over there, too. So what was Coach's message after the doubleheader Saturday, and then what was her message again after the win Sunday? Um, well, after Saturday, she was like, um, you really need to believe in yourselves. Um, you guys are capable of winning these games, um, and I think that resonated with us on Sunday when we went into the games. Um, after she said, I usually tell you guys that you don't get much time to think about either the win or the loss, but take this one. Think about it this week during finals week, and we'll get back after it on practice on Wednesday. So um, I think she was uh, definitely happy that um, we pulled that one out, which was great. Were you aware going into this series that it had been a while since Bates had been tough in softball? I mean, I had a feeling, yeah. but I didn't know how long. Uh -huh. <laughs> so what does it mean to you to kind of not, you know, I don't want to say make history, but break kind of that drought a little bit? I think it shows uh, the turnaround in our program and how um, we're not that team that's just going to get brushed to the side anymore. Like, we're definitely going to put up a fight, and um, we're going to be that team that you don't want to play in playoffs because uh, we're going to put up a fight. You've got a bunch of non-conference games coming up, or at least games not in your division, and then ESCAC. And so what's going to be important about this to kind of build momentum into, you know, Bowden and Colby? Um, these games are crucial. I love midweek games. Um, they really prepare us for the series on the weekends. But um, USM and UMF, um, they're strong teams, and uh, we really have to execute um, in those games. So this is finals week, so what's going on <laughs> with you in finals? Ah, uh, finals. <laughs> um... Studying, I guess. Procrastinating a little, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of schedule do you have? Like a bunch of tests or essays? Or? I have two exams on Thursday mm -hmm. and an essay due Friday and then due Wednesday. So I'm in an okay spot. Looking forward to the break week where you get to play a bunch of softball, right? Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> what gets you through it. <laughs> Excellent. And what are your thoughts on this weekend series and you know what it means to the program and for you personally? I'm excited. I think the rest of the team is excited. Um, and we're ready to keep rolling. There you go. Female Bobcat of the Week, Kirsten Pelletier. Thanks so much. Thank you.
A pair of track and field Bobcats were honored by the NASCAC this week. Senior Catherine Cook earned NASCAC Women's Track Performer of the Week honors by finishing first in the 5,000-meter run in a team record time of 16 minutes, 49.10 seconds. Cook ranks first in the nation in the outdoor 5K. NASCAC Women's Track Performer of the Week, Catherine Cook, with us here on the Bobcast. Well, first of all, first outdoor meet of the year. You you break the program record for the 5K. You broke your friend Jess Wilson's record. Did you hear from her afterwards? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Actually, she, um, she texted me just being like, I knew you were going to break the record. And she, that's just her being really, um, really sweet and just um, she pays attention to that kind of thing and and I love that she's there just because she has always been so supportive and um, it's one of those instances where we've always like run together but I don't think there's ever been really a sense of competition <laughs> it's been like we, I don't know she's the person that I've always just felt like has wanted to elevate me and I hope I can like elevate her too Excellent. yeah and then let's go back to indoors a little bit because okay. you got two All-America finishes there for yourself in indoors. And so the team obviously did great overall also. So what was that experience like um, for you? Because you were abroad last year, I think, during the winter. So this yeah. was your first indoor nationals, right? Yes. Yes, it was. Well, it was just in really – it was a really exciting thing to be able to go with a set of different people who are all in different event groups. So we had – we had um, – another mid-distance we had a mid-distance woman a mid-distance guy um a thrower and a jumper and it was nice because we could all really engage with each other's races and we all had them at different times and um it was just really it was really nice to kind of share in the excitement and to really pump each other up and we and um I, I felt like we were all completely invested in trying to do the best we could but also more than that invested in each other and I think while I love the normal season meets and I, while I love being with the whole team it was really exciting to um, just really get to know and focus with a few with a group of just a few people. Here's what your thoughts are on being an All-American in both cross-country and indoor track and field. That doesn't happen too often here. You're the first in like I think over a decade. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I feel it, it honestly hasn't quite registered with me yet um I just kind of do the best I can and I I tend to not set um I don't set a ton of goals for myself nor do I reflect a lot after <laughs> I'm, that's not I'm asking of, you to a little bit yeah no, no no and no it's great I'm glad you are um I I just I I feel happy with it it's it feels satisfying to know that the hard work is is somewhat paying off because um, it is something that I just really like doing, and um, and running is something that I've kind of done more or less every day for years. And so, it's if anything, it's it's just kind of a testament to that. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of excited to see what the rest of the rest of the year holds, and even beyond that, because I the reason I like running so much is it doesn't necessarily stop. In college so this is kind of just a chapter I think right well this is your last quarter though at yeah. Bates has it flown by has it gone by slowly d race said it went by slowly for him oh my gosh <laughs> it's a weird it's kind of a phenomenon where um, I feel like the days crawl by but the weeks and months fly mm -hmm. um, I keep kind of thinking like oh my gosh it's only Tuesday what, um, what's going on but then now I just took my last class as a senior at Bates and um, 
and I just keep talking, I just keep like finding prospective students around campus and remembering when I first got here and it does fly and, I, and I'm ready to go on to the next thing, but I'm also feeling a little bit nostalgic. It's, it's um, a bittersweet kind of feeling. What is the next thing? Grad school? Looking for jobs? Oh, not man. know yet? I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for jobs. I'm really kind of, I, I'm one of, I'm kind of, I procrastinate everything. <laughs> and so in, um, I'm kind of sport terming, right. but in such a way that I'm doing it also as a time to look for jobs. So I kind of compartmentalize just schoolwork and doing thesis and everything else for the school year and um, my parents, which is really generous of them, gave me the pass to be like, just worry about this in the spring. So um, I'm gonna be home for a few weeks anyway in the summer and just see what unfolds. And I think something will unfold. That's, I'm a little bit of um, an idealist, but we'll see. <laughs> Excellent, and then in terms of on the track for your final quarter, yes. you mentioned you don't, you're not a goal setter, but what are you most maybe looking forward to for this last outdoor track season? Um, just seeing how far I can get before I graduate here. I want, I really want to just do the best I can every day and, um, but also strike a balance between doing that and, and, um, and taking some time to myself and seeing what it is that just really what does unfold. I want, I'm excited to see just like without forcing it what unfolds somewhat naturally based on the work that's been put in so far um and so I'm kind of looking at this season as just kind of a cherry on the cake if that's the <laughs> phrase on top of the on top of ice cream I don't know or and cake. um or cake <laughs> frosting on top I don't know and um I'm just yeah I just want to have one more go and have fun with it all right, Catherine yeah. Cook, the NASCAR Women's Track Performer of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Senior Captain Adedire Fakariti claimed his third NASCAR Field Performer of the Week honor after scoring 24 team points for the Bobcats at the Tufts Quad meet on Saturday to begin the outdoor season. The three-time All-American took first place in the hammer throw and the discus while finishing third in the shot put. Well, NESCAC Male Field Performer of the Week with us at Adedire Fakariti here on the Bobcast. First outdoor meet of the year. Was it fun to get outdoors? Was it cold? How did it go down there at Tufts? It was absolutely fun. Um, first of all, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to Ben Walker, uh, the athletic trainer, and the rest of the athletic training staff, specifically Ben Walker, because without him, I don't think I would be able to like hundred like be able to be 100% and compete to the extent that I did. He's been working hand one-on-one um, -on -one with me like every day of the week at 3 p.m., making sure that my groin uh, is feeling really good and my hamstring too. So. I just want to right off the back say that, but like the weather wasn't that bad. I was so excited to be outdoors again, and um, coming off my last meet was a nationals, and that didn't really go too well. So like being outdoors and being able to like kind of compete again was the best thing ever. I didn't even feel the weather at all. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we never got to talk about nationals. Obviously, not the result you wanted, but what was kind of uh, going on down there in terms of were you dealing with injuries then also? No, 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 no. Yeah. I was, I was, I was particularly healthy <laughs> then, but. Um, it was just, it was just like mentally, like it was, it's my, like my friend told me this, like the first time is always the best. The second time is okay. But the third time there's a lot of pressure and mm -hmm. I definitely felt a lot of pressure and I did rather than stand up and like, uh, kind of go out and try to do my best. I, I unfortunately had one of, I like, had an off day that day. So I moving forward, like this season, I plan on just absolutely crushing every single competition. So 
It's going to be really fun. Well, yeah, because this is your last quarter here as a Bobcat. So, I mean, how, can you believe it's almost over? Yes, I can believe it. It's been really long. It's <laughs> my sophomore year. I felt like I was a senior training with Nick because uh, going into that season, I really worked really hard when I got my first All-American. So, like, it's, it's almost felt like an eternity now. So, I'm really excited that this is my last season. I'm definitely going to miss it, but I'm excited to really put forward my, my best efforts and leave my team with impact and hopefully pass on the torch to John Rex. And can you tell us who John is? <laughs> yeah, John Rex is a freshman thrower. He uh, threw 47 meters uh, to open up this meet. He was beat by uh, Zach Campbell, who's mm -hmm. going to be a senior next year, who's a phenomenal hammer thrower. Um, John is probably going to be the next in line, <laughs> it's safe to say, because he's already thrown 25 feet farther than I did my freshman year at his first meet. So he's going to be a really good hammer thrower. And Zach Campbell is just really competitive, too. So those are two guys to watch out for this whole season. Yeah, because we talked about the great throwers that have come through Bates, so it's exciting to see the future for you, right? Yeah, no, it's very exciting. Like, the group that we're going to have next year with Tyler Tyler Harrington, um, Dan Marino, Zach Campbell, and John Rex, it's, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And, like, um, I was fortunate enough to have Tom all four years. Tom has been, like, very huge influential like role model for me like in terms of like technique coming motivating me to come in on Saturdays and Sundays to work with me like he's he's definitely a really good guy so it's good to see that we're leaving and there's another group set of guys who are working together hand in hand obviously coach fresh has coached all, all, all these throwers in recent years that was he meant to you coach coach fresh uh in one sentence friend dad brother and mentor like he just does it all absolutely like he i i can't i can't like thank him enough for all the work that he's done believing in me bringing me on the program and you know just just being such a student to the sport and being able to teach us everything we know and being able to replicate that with the pole vault runners jumpers and whatnot his excellence and um knowledge about the sport is so profound any other observations you had obviously uh, you get a chance to watch some other you know of your teammates yes. participate at the first meet here the outdoor season yes definitely um i didn't necessarily watch all of them but i was able to see uh bofis campolo um mm -hmm. on the 110 hurdles i was able to see uh ryan nealis run a little bit and jack Kylie had a good good day rob flynn kicked in uh the i believe it was the four by four um and other notable standouts were caleb caleb jumped really well in the triple jump so it was, it was a really good good first start for the boys and given that that was our first meet so. Any other thoughts on what your uh, next step is in terms of because in the spring you're doing more than one event. Obviously, yes, you got absolutely. you got three. <laughs> absolutely, my my ultimate goal is to qualify for all three mm -hmm. and finally just get just get my swagger back and get some more All Americans. And uh, I would like to also give a shout out to Tom and Dean for having a seven meter PR in the uh, a seven foot PR in the in the javelin throw. So oh, nice. it's good it's good to see him throw that thing far. Excellent. Adira Fakariti, the NESCAC Male Field Performer of the Week. Thanks so much. Thanks. The women's lacrosse team fell to Bowdoin Wednesday by a score of 15-13, to 13, but just like the men, the Bobcats bounced back to beat Connecticut College on Saturday. They won 10-7 to 7 over the Camels for the Bobcats' second NESCAC victory of the season. First-year Summer Dias has been a big contributor this year, ranking fourth on the team in goals with 16. After missing the Bowdoin game due to injury, Dias scored a pair of goals and dished out an assist in the win over the Camels. She also plays women's soccer for Bates, and now she joins the Bobcast. When I started visiting, everyone here was so nice and friendly, and that just, like, really drew me in. I also just like the vibe of, like, the small campus. It's just really nice. Chance to play two sports here. What's that been like so far to balance those two, one in the fall, one in the spring? 
Um, well, it being in both the fall and the spring, it's just a nice break in between both, but also just keeps me busy, like, at both times of the year, which is really nice. And I've just had the opportunity to make lots of different friends on both teams, which has just been great. Soccer and lacrosse, as these sports, have you been playing them your whole life, basically? Uh, yeah, uh, I started playing soccer from a young age, but lacrosse I started picking up later, like third grade. So, yeah. What's maybe the adjustment like on the field compared to maybe high school for both sports? The college level is a lot, obviously a lot harder and a lot more fast-paced, but it hasn't been that hard to adjust just from playing at a high level at club opportunities, but yeah. And then um, the coaches, tell us a little bit about Kelsey and Brent. Uh, they're both great. I love them both. Both super nice, super helpful, both on and off the field. Um, been able to talk to them just about, like, not even sports, just about, like, friends, problems that we've had. Just, um, yeah, they've both been great, great support systems. This past game, a, a win uh, on the road there against Connecticut College. Um, what was the dynamic of that game like? How did it go? Um, it's definitely exciting. Um, I've been out for a couple of days with a knee injury, but... Um, didn't think I was going to have a, like, a big chance to play in the con game just because I haven't been practicing as much as I've been used to. But um, with Dewey getting two cards, um, kind of got thrown in there. But it was just been itching to play that whole game and really wanted to be out in the field. So when I went out, I just wanted to you know, keep proving myself and show up in the game. So you came up with a couple goals. Uh, so I take it you're feeling better? Yeah, I'm feeling great now. Um, that game definitely helped. Just a good confidence booster and was really exciting for me. Excellent. Then, you know, in terms of the remaining season, what are some of the goals the team has set in terms of the remaining games? Um, the next couple of games are going to be really important for us. Just going to need some wins to hopefully push us into the NESCAC playoffs. Um, just sticking to the fundamentals. We've been working a lot. Um, basics. It's going to be really important in our team. Going forward, uh, well, first of all, this is finals. We can tell us about the academic side of things. Uh, uh, what finals do you have, if any? Got some finals Friday, uh, Tuesday. It's been really nice to – we have a break, actually. We're not practicing right now. Mm -hmm. So good to focus on school while we can, and we'll have a lot of lacrosse next week when everyone's at home resting. Any classes that stood out to you this year as a first-year student that have been really interesting? My marine science class has been great. Um, we're lucky here to have, like – a good opportunity. That's what I want to study later in life. So it's been good to have classes like that. Um, my FYS also coastal hazards class. It's just been really exciting to get to have classes where we're more focused on what we're actually like interested in. It's been really nice. What have people told you about short term? I know it's everyone's favorite time of year, right? Yeah, I'm really excited. Hopefully, um, be able to just do a lot of other things besides school, but have a nice, interesting class again. All the short-term classes are great just because they're so interesting and, yeah, should be really fun. What's your short-term class? It's called Cartoon Cartoon, so hopefully that will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Studying cartoons, I take it? Yeah, okay. cartoons. <laughs> well, Summer Dias, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast. Yeah, thank you. The baseball team defeated Plymouth State 7-0 on Thursday before sweeping Colby in a doubleheader on Saturday. Bates rolled to an 11-0 win in Game 1, then sophomore Nolan Collins earned his first collegiate win in Game 2 a 4-1 to victory for Bates. He allowed just three hits over seven innings of work on the mound. You know, I established fastball early, and uh, we pretty much worked off that. It was it was a good job. We, Me and Jack Arend, we were on the same page, like just pitch calling-wise, and I think we just attacked hitters, and we, we got the best of them. What is he like as a catcher, you know, working with him? You've been working with him now for two years. Yeah, uh, well, he's he's a very good pitch caller, and... He's, he's sort of small, so he gives you a good target, I think. 
you know he's he's low in the zone but uh yeah he's a great guy he's funny he's and he he works well with our pitchers how about that catch he made uh, on sunday that was unreal I, I was i was hoping we got good pictures of it and i think we did but like that was a legit catch and he he made one of those catches out in california also when we played occidental and it was like He's athletic back there. After being a midweek guy last year, what's it like being the one of the weekend starters this season? I like it a lot more. It's a lot more fun. Uh, it's like it. It you know every game matters, but you know conference games matter matter a little bit more. That's like that's how I like to feel feel about it. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to compete against high competition in in games where there's like a real meaning to our postseason future. So you're from California. Take us back to when you were looking for schools. What attracted you to come out to Maine across the country to Bates? Well, I was I was just looking for a school that would give me the best education and still be able to play baseball. And baseball helped me get to a better a better education. So, and that's what Bates brought for me. And then also just I was because I was getting recruited by East Coast schools. I have some family in, in the Boston area, so it kind of drew me out here. And I wanted to see something new. What were some adjustments, maybe baseball-wise, from high school to college? I played in a pretty strong conference in high school, so the only big difference was it wasn't really talent-wise, but it was discipline-wise. Mm. the 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 hitters were a lot more disciplined. They didn't chase pitches they used to chase. But uh, and also, there's really no holes in the lineup when you get to college. Like the seven, eight, nine hitters are way better than any hit, than hitters that we would face in high school. So it's like it's a lot more depth than it was before. So when you were looking at East Coast schools, um, when, what did you hear about Bates initially? What was your first like impression maybe of the of the college? Well, I had heard about Bates because of uh, one of my aunts that lives in the area, but really it was uh, it was coach. I got recruited by Coach Leonard mm-hmm. before Coach Martin got here, so he he reached out to me, and I had some help from family and friends, and we figured like it's probably our best option and and when i came out to visit i just fell in love with the campus and then um the team so far obviously the season right now three and three in nescac play you got trading and tufts coming up so what's kind of a message coach martin's been relaying to the team right now uh really it's playing with confidence and like just because when you're confident on the field it's like you feel good you play good you know and it's it's really true because i think when our team's confident we're better than any team that we face because I think talent-wise, we're there, you know. So basically, it's going into Trinity and Tufts. We're just focusing on executing, executing like being able to get bunts down, hit runs, that kind of stuff, and also being able to attack. You know, just really be if we're if we're attacking, we're we're probably in good shape. As a pitcher on the mound, tell us what are your what's your repertoire? What are you what are you throwing out there? So I have a fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, and so basically. My my fastball is I think good enough to be if you're if I can establish the fastball down in the zone mm-hmm. and really really it's just avoiding throwing pitches above the knees and we've been working on that a lot in practice so everyone's starting to get the ball down and that's why I think our pitching staff's pitching a lot better than we did in Los Angeles but uh, yeah so basically establishing a fastball and then just being able to throw them off with curveball sliders. And then the occasional change up, you know, just to throw them off. The off speed stuff, if you can establish a fastball, you don't even necessarily need to throw that in the zone, do you? The only reason you throw it is basically like there's just going to like back them off the plate or, yeah. you know, it's not really just once you get the fat, it's you, you just have to be able to work off the fastball is the key, I think. 
All right, so this is finals week, so I've been asking everyone mm-hmm. uh, what, what their final situation is. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I actually just had my uh, final ukulele performance. Oh. Because I'm in, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm taking the uke at, at here at Bates. But uh, <laughs> I have a math final tomorrow morning, um, and then I don't have anything until Friday. I have two finals on Friday, too. So. Gotcha. Both in politics classes. I'm a politics major, so. Gotcha, Getting gotcha. that done. Well, politics definitely something you are interested in right away in terms of, you know, you've already established that as your major. Uh, yeah, well, that's established now, but originally <laughs> I was thinking uh, economics. Mm. And I think I pretty much, after second semester of last year, I decided that politics might be a better road for me. And, uh, but I'm within politics, there are like five different categories. Mm-hmm. So I'm a political economy major. So okay. I still have the, poli- the, the econ in there. Yeah. So. I think it's a good fit. You know, there's a lot of options, so it's good. And what are your short-term plans? Short-term, I'm taking uh, political inquiry, which is the politics. All politics majors okay. are required to take it, so gotcha, I'm taking gotcha. that this year. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts on the season so far and what you're most looking forward to here down the stretch? Uh, I think since we've come back from Los Angeles, our record, we, we have, we're like 7-3 and three or something, and... That's, I mean, that's pretty great, if you ask me. So I think we're really hitting our stride right now. Our bats are starting to come alive. Pitching staff's pitching well. I think we have a, a good chance of getting to postseason if we if we play with confidence in these upcoming weeks. All right. Nolan Collins, thanks so much. Thank you. It's good to see you. The Bobcats are 3-3 three and three in NASCAC play with six divisional games remaining. They host Williams this weekend for a pair of doubleheaders that will not affect their place in the standings. The Bates tennis teams both fell to Amherst Saturday before bouncing back to beat Trinity on Sunday. They are both 2-2 two and two in conference play with a slew of key matches ahead this month. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll get you geared up for the home stretch in NASCAC action for all our spring teams. Playoff spots are up for grabs, and we have it all covered on the Bates Bobcast. Thanks. <laughs>